welcome to This Week in Telno Digital, episode 7. Recorded on Friday, 27th of January, 2017. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Björn Remset, and here's my co-host, Ocean Zimmerman. Hello. Hello. And we are very happy because we have a guest today. And she's Erica Gibson, Head of User Research for Telno Digital. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, yeah. So it's customary for us to talk about the the weather uh, because uh, in every other intro we always mention it, but this is particularly uh, funny because we have had five days of fog and rain and cold. And Erica has joined us from where? Silicon Valley, California. So basically, yeah. Mountain View. <laughs> yeah. So do you know what rain and fog and cold is? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Carl the Fog in San Francisco. We've actually named our fog. So oh. uh, maybe we'll create a, a Norwegian name for the fog here, <laughs> so that he can have his own Twitter account and social media presence, like our fog in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend who lived in Palo Alto, and he used to. Uh, Send the messages. Oh, today's horrible. We had 17 degrees and fog yeah. in the winter. You yeah. can have one degree with freezing rain and fog. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're getting. But anyway, yeah, that's uh... okay. So you're the head of user research for Telma Digital, and you've been here for how long? Uh, this is my second week. So oh. today is my eighth day of work. Actually, so you're well oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And, and where, where where did you come from? Um, so I was originally the medical ethnographer at the. Innovation Center at Palo Alto Medical Foundation, which was a part of Sutter Health, which is the fifth largest hospital system in the United States. So I was doing innovation and tech work in the digital hospital kind of medical field there. Sweet. Yeah. That's pretty so a little exciting. bit different, yeah. but still tech related. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you do prior to that? Uh, before that, I was actually a professor of anthropology and women's and gender studies for seven years at the University of South Carolina, so a completely different world. So I moved from academia uh, to tech, so it was a big switch for me then, but now it's not been so hard to move from California tech to Norwegian tech. Yeah. That's interesting. This is, it's smaller jump from California to Oslo than from <laughs> North Carolina to California. Yeah. yeah. Good job, well, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just quickly on that note, uh, mm -hmm. you found the like you were in the world of academia, and then you had to, re you know, very sort of research focus maybe, and mm -hmm. then you had this pretty, I guess, commercial business focus. Right. How did you find the way of work changing? Um, mainly, I had to learn a lot of acronyms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went from stressing over writing, you know, forty thousand word journal articles to making a. 10-slide PowerPoint deck that was going to communicate exactly <laughs> what I needed in 15 minutes or less. So it was yeah. a bit of a stretch to jump from that uh, down. So it's always easier to write more when you're an academic, and it's really hard to kind of cut your ideas into little sound bites and snippets that the upper management is going to actually use. Yeah, because uh, although we, we will touch on other things, it's interesting for me because uh, there's a lot of theory when you go to academia around exactly. uh, any sort of either uh, social, social anthropology, mm -hmm. Uh, ethnography, all those sort of things, and actually applying them to a business uh, mm -hmm. is very, you have to make the right cuts uh, because there's like uh, a nuance to it, right? Exactly. And that's what I'm just learning myself. So exactly. good, but uh, great. I actually prefer prose. I mean, yeah. it's much better to <laughs> convey ideas. And things get just caricatured when you try to put them into a deck, usually. And yeah. then, uh, you can have a conversation, but it doesn't really make sense. It's but that's true. my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, how do you see your like role here now? 
Sure. So I came with my notes. So I'm going to talk about the three <laughs> points that I kind of like to focus oh, on. I love notes about your notes. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> I love this. As a professor, you get an A and you've moved to the top of the class um, because he's taking notes during yeah. the podcast, folks. <laughs> so the first thing that I want to work on is really standardizing user research across uh, Telenor Digital and just making sure that everyone is up to speed with their training and capability so that we have the best user researchers we can possibly have. Um, I also want to expand our capabilities across business units so people aren't stretched so thin and they can get work done on the ground in the countries that they come from or the business units that they come from because they're going to know their users' stories the best of anyone hmm. um, coming from those areas. And finally, this is in tandem with the other two, I really want to create and build a culture of user research, not just just at Telenor Digital, but across Telenor globally. So really putting our users as a focus and a primary focus, so not a secondary kind of afterthought to, mm. well, we've developed this tech project, now let's go out and talk to users, but putting the users first and saying, what do you need? What do you want? What is going to actually make your life better and mm. really fit into the Telenor way of doing business? Yeah, wow. That's, a, that, that's ambitious because uh, on a... Just the first step, right, mm -hmm. of getting every team in Telenor Digital aligned and right. the resources necessary for that, that's one thing. But how do you intend, like, there's, I guess it's eight days in, so you may not have noticed this, but there are some, like, real, like, hierarchies, silos, and yes. uh, also sometimes a mismatch between people, like, uh, on the on the ground and mm -hmm. people way up in senior management. How do you, how, how do you intend to, to break through that? Great question. <laughs> so as a, a part of anthropological theory, we often talk about studying up in cultures. And so instead of um, focusing on just kind of the the people at the bottom, we're going to focus on people at the top. So we're going to go to the C-suite management. And luckily, I'm not alone in this. I have my partner, the head of design, who is Frederick Scheide, mm -hmm. um, who has my back on this, and I have his. But we really want to educate everyone and say, this is what we want to do for the future of Telenor to make it the best. And so talking to the CEOs, you know, talking to the product managers, just taking every little step and explaining why user research is really one of the best things that they can do to advance our company. Um, and one of the ways that I'm going to do that is we're actually working with, and I want to get her name right, Christina Rinning, mm. who does education, um, and she likes to talk about upskilling our employees mm. um, uh, by teaching them kind of new methodology, you know, new learnings. And so we're actually going to work with her um, and focus on that. That's one of our projects for 2017. So that's one of the first things I'm getting started on, and we're meeting with her on Monday as well. So, that's great. Yeah. One of the things uh, I always take, I, I, so I read. I try to read these books, you know, that uh, oh, uh, it's yeah. an amazing mm. thing, right? Nowadays. Paper. Uh, in paper, yeah, not like not uh, any of this fancy Kindle stuff, but I decided to reread a book, uh, this high performance management book from mm. uh, the Intel guy, Andy Grove. But the only thing I, th or what, not the only thing, but one of the main things I took from the whole thing is that actually your manager, a manager, a senior manager's job, a lot of it, a, a ton of that is literally training. Yeah. If you don't do it, then you fail in all sorts of ways as a manager. And I think it's really something that we could, so we're talking about user research now, mm -hmm. but it comes, it applies to every sort of aspect of this, engineers, et cetera. The, and I think that's really great that we have someone who is gonna take it to uh, change that idea that we just shove people in <coughs> and still learn, right? right. It's, it's, yeah. You can do that. It's just gonna be a lot messier and a lot uh, riskier. Right? I'm all about teaching the teacher as yeah. well, so yeah. So, uh, Okay, so I'm just gonna come up with the biggest challenge that I see. 
Uh, and that is that this is very uh, counter to a lot of the cultural ba baggage that we have. Mm. So I'm going to caricature this a little bit. Okay. But uh, if you look at the typical telco product, uh, that is something that is not built by us. It's built by some vendor. Mm -hmm. And then if you are really creative, we put a logo on it or perhaps a little bit uh, small changes. And then we just market the hell out of that thing and sell it on three continents and yeah. uh, profit. Mm -hmm. And this is the process, and optimizing this process is something that has brought great profits to the company and yeah. also great careers to the people at the top. Right. And it's very counter to the, the things that you're actually talking about now, which is putting uh, the user first and then mm -hmm. developing things to fit them. Mm. Right. This means that you need to have means and methods to A, recognize what that is, and mm -hmm. B, actually create products that are not made by someone else. Right. You need to actually use that as raw material and create products that are created for the user. Right. And that is very countercultural thing to do. So, how do you propose to fix that? <laughs> well, that's that's why they brought me in, and I'm new, so I get to step on toes and ask for forgiveness uh -huh. later, right? So, uh -huh. one of the things that we were discussing is how Telenor is really good at the business aspect, right? So they're good at doing that packaging and throwing that mm. money into marketing and getting products out there that are already ready to go. But in our innovation unit, you know, we're building that tech process now, and so if you look at those as the building blocks, right, the business and the tech. And then they're supporting the user, which is how the model is now. So the user's at the top of the pyramid, just kind of getting everything filtered down after it's been through the tech, you know, workhorse and the business model. What I'm going to do is try to invert that cultural pyramid within Telenor to put the users on the bottom because the user stories are what really matter. So if we're not going in and asking the user, what is going to make your life better? What do you need? Mm. Then all the tech development all the money we throw into marketing isn't going to matter if they don't use the product at the end of the day. And so it really, we're talking about a cultural shift within Telenor to do this. And it's not going to be easy, but I'm really stubborn and hard-headed. <laughs> and uh, I've already hit the ground running in my first eight days, so watch out for the rest of 2017 is what I'll tell you. I want to just say that I'm really happy that... Uh, I can just say this, I think, because you are American, right? I am American. Yeah, That's and true. I like that because, you know, a lot of the times, like... Uh, it, it, I was just in Sweden last week, and in Sweden they have a very consensus-based uh, way of work. Mm -hmm. And they were very shocked when I uh, I, I did it. I, I just was very overt about my desire to do something and mm -hmm. uh, kind of forceful about it. Right. And what was interesting there is afterwards I sat back down with uh, Johan, who's the head of Vimla, mm -hmm. who is a Swedish guy, and he's like, wow, things never happened that quickly before. <laughs> it's always a few meetings and a few stuff like this, right? And I just think that's great because you will see that the goal is here and right. we can go like in a very consensual manner but I think right. in this case it's kind of uh, I feel a little bit existential to us like right. we can't be sitting here thinking we have 10 20 years to make this change <laughs> it exactly. has to happen quick yeah. Yeah. exactly and one thing I've heard you know coming in as a user researcher is people use that kind of old horse that's beaten to death about Henry Ford saying <laughs> You know, well, if I asked the users what they want, they would have said a faster horse. Yeah. And so what he did, right, and this is the tech kind of idea, is I'm going to go in and build a car because that's my idea of correct. Yeah. But had he asked the users and instead of saying, do you want a faster horse and asking a closed-in question, he said, what do you want? Mm -hmm. He might have built a teleporter instead of a car. Yeah. Well, then he would have to invent new physics. First. Well, I mean, uh, who knows? He was he American. It could have happened. Wasn't Tesla <laughs> around back then? Uh, yeah. the, re <laughs> the real guy? <laughs> but we need to know that yeah. if we, yes, if we limit, yeah. you know, our users' ideas, and if we put those constraints on them to begin mm -hmm. with, we're not going to get the, the nuggets of information that make things better. But we do know that using 
what uh, Tricia Wang calls thick data mm -hmm. in tandem with big data, mm -hmm. right? That we really put together a better product. And she tried to do that at Nokia mm -hmm. and say, hey, you guys really need to focus on your user base, which needs cheaper kind of flip phone technology instead of smartphones because you're not doing that great at that. <laughs> mm. Look what happened to Nokia. Yeah. You know, did they listen? No, because no. they were using their big data. Well, they also no. had the American right? boss called Stephen Elop. Yeah. And, yeah. And he didn't listen. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you, you need somebody to shake things yeah. up and, and say, yeah. we're going to do it differently. And it's, yeah. it's very important to realize that this is, so sometimes I hear a lot of people are very, uh, they, people from inside of Telenor are very sort of thinking that, you know, Telenor will never change. Uh, mm -hmm. Things can't ever change. Um, it's real. Change can happen in companies right. like uh, big companies. You yeah. have to be lucky and get to the right people at the top. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if you look at our, you know, the way we perceive our competition right now right. might have to change as well because you know we might in ten years be really <laughs> looking at big players in the tech industry as right. our main competitors, right? And I just think. They make mistakes too, and they're big, and they're lum exactly. they're lumbering mm -hmm. now, right? Mm -hmm. If you take your average Microsoft, Google, especially Microsoft, I really like them because they're really a good example of having to learn this yeah. user research again, yeah. right? And having to figure it out. But it's possible to do, and exactly. I think the the biggest thing I think uh, I, I think we're missing is that this is possible. We need to make it ingrained into people to think that it's going to work if we just do it the right way. Right. Because people don't believe that it can happen and that's right. the biggest thing. If you're a football player, you have to, half your job is to visualize the ball going. You Where know. you want it to go. Exactly, right? Right. Yeah. So I just think part of that is uh, super important. Exactly, exactly. So that's the culture shift. And yeah. hopefully I'm here and, and we're going to get it done. I think we're building a really good team in Telenor Digital that's, you know, committed to this culture change and that's going to actually facilitate this happening. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, so if you say that users and their needs are the most important ones, but and I totally agree, by the way. Uh, so there's a guy I read a few years back, Eric von Hippel from MIT. Mm -hmm. He talked about something called uh, lead user innovation. Mm -hmm. And his claim, which he documents in some books, is that if you look at groundbreaking innovations, like, say, uh, electromicroscope and yeah, mm -hmm. ma many things, basically, uh, they're not usually, uh, often they're not made by companies. They're made by... No, it's a user fulfilling their own need. Yes, and then... Absolutely. And then not telling a company about it because they fulfill their need. Right. Yeah. Well, it's they don't know that other people also, hey, I need an electron microscope. And they don't, right. and they don't really care because they... They've fulfilled their basic need. Exactly. So here's a question. So um, how do you see, if those are real innovators mm. making really great advances, Right. Uh, how can we, A, enable them, and B, uh, use that as a force for, for our right. good? I mean, um, they have the good ideas, we don't. Right. We have to find them, right? And so that's one of the projects I'm working on is the Ignite Accelerator here at Telenor. And that's what that's all about, is saying, hey, you work at Telenor, you have a great idea, come tell us about it. <coughs> mm. And if we think this idea has value and other people think this idea has value, you know, we're going to give you the time and the money to put into that idea. I think that's such a great project here at Telenor. So imagine we're doing that here within the company. Imagine if the, we did that in the community and went out to the communities in the different BUs and said, what have you done or what could you do if you had the support mm -hmm. of a giant company to make your life better? It's, it's not only about support. I, I guess it comes down to a few other things in terms of culture. And mm -hmm. on top of that, just raw tech, like as in, it's possible that we could have a much more open system when it comes to our 
APIs when it comes to right. our our capa our capabilities, right? We really do close them off right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, we do. And we could have an approach that's <coughs> slightly more open. Yeah. And that's just pure a tech, uh, you know, a decision from senior management really that then would be transported down to the exactly. Tech teams. But that sort of mindset, I think. Mm -hmm. is I was trying to get at that because your project, the Salter Telco, yeah. is very much like that, right? Yeah, so I'm asking this question, of course, because uh, there are these tremendous barriers and you don't mm. know about them, but you will certainly meet them. Absolutely. And uh, we can't do this because, and then so on, and so on, and so on. And they're all reasonable, by the way. Right. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do with it because you can't really answer it. But uh, Give me another eight days. Yeah, I, I, yeah I exactly right. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is completely <coughs> crucial, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, it is that's next month. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have another podcast then. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> but it's good. I really like this, and I mean, we're we're gonna have to wrap it up a little soon. But I think it's great that we have you in actually now. Yes. Your first eight days, and I think uh, it's really important that this begins. And permeates not only uh, the sea levels, right, but all the way down to us. Because I think us operating on the ground need to know mm. that when we reach. Because imagine you're in like Lisa has this framework, uh, Lisa Long, about uh, you know stars, bottle rockets, yes. satellites. It's very important that we know uh, that when it comes to let's say the next stage, and we have to interact maybe with more senior people, that they kind of get what we're doing and right. why we're doing it and how right. we're doing it. Right, that would be great. So you're. Um, Counting on you. <laughs> More information coming to you soon yeah. from the innovation unit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. And I'd just like to put in one little plug really quickly because yeah. not everybody knows about user research. So one thing I've instituted is I have an open office hour every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. at my desk. Oh, yeah. And so I'm in uh, Building M, Floor 6, Unit D, kind of up <laughs> against the wall by the candy. If you can find the candy, you can find me. It's great yeah. candy, by the way. Yeah. And anyone <laughs> is invited to come and talk to me about user research on Thursdays as long as I'm in this country. Okay. So, Great. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So thanks, you guys. Thanks. Yeah, so I guess that's it for this episode six of this week in Digital. We'll be having it out today. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll be up there. Thanks. Bye bye.